This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. Today, we're in the capital city for the Mississippi Book Festival's third annual Literary Lawn Party. It's all things Mississippi Book Festival today. We'll speak with Tracy Carr of the Mississippi Library Commission about the new Mississippi literary map, Richard Howarth, owner of Square Books, cookbook author and chef Martha Foose, and the great breakout soul musician Devin Gilfillian. So stick around because it's all about the Mississippi Book Festival today on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll return right after the news. MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King, and today is all things Mississippi Book Festival. We are so excited uh, that the Mississippi Book Festival is back in its third year at the Mississippi State Capitol in Jackson. So I'm ex- and very pleased to introduce my next guest, Tracy Carr, Director of Library Services with the Mississippi Library Commission. Hey, good morning. Tracy, it's so good to have you on the show today. I know that this is a very busy weekend for you. It is. Uh, we have so many exciting things, uh, book festival related going on. Now, Tracy, you've been involved with the Mississippi Book Festival really since inception. You were, you're a board member. You're very active in the planning of the programming. But for our listeners who maybe are just starting to learn about the book festival, can you tell us about the big picture there? Yeah, the big picture is it is a literary lawn party where people get together to meet authors, listen to them read, learn about new books, and just celebrate books and reading. And Mississippi is such a great place for it because we have the best authors by a long shot. Well, and I know a lot of people think about Mississippi writers like Welty and Faulkner and and Richard Wright, and those are obviously incredible writers, um, but writers of the past. But we still have a very active and rich literary community today. We do. It's actually kind of unusual that we have so many, not, I mean, we have so many writers, but we have so many uh, popular and best-selling and uh, authors that are um, that people study, you know, this, and the win major awards. We have a lot of Pulitzer winners. We have National Book Award winners. I haven't done the statistics, but I think pretty much we're we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I agree with that statement. Absolutely. <laughs> Completely verified. Uh, well, Tracy, so I think, you know, we can expect at the book festival to uh, attend great panels, to hear people read, to hear people have these wonderful conversations about the importance of, of books and writing in our in our world day to day. But what you really spearhead for the Mississippi Book Festival is all of this rich additional programming. Maybe it's not particularly a lecture, but it's a way to get your hands dirty, so to speak, and get involved. Yeah. Um, the, the past couple of years, we've had some activities. We had a 3D printer on display um, for people to learn about that. We had a um, 
a contest, not really a contest, but a uh, you could vote on your favorite Mississippi author. Um, and well, so, who won that? Uh, it was Eudora Welty. Oh, well, Although I will say someone may have voted for Julia Reed 34 times. And <laughs> his may, name may have been Bill Dunlap. So, <laughs> that is incredible. I love it. Yeah. Super um, fan. But uh, so this year, the one of the things we're doing is a Mississippi marathon read. So traditionally, when people do a marathon read, they choose one novel or one work and people take turns reading from it. Um, but because we're also unveiling the um, updated Mississippi literary map this year, All right. which I will tell you about in a moment, um, we're pairing we're we're using that map as a jumping off point for this marathon read. So um we have fifteen festival panelists who are reading the work of some of the authors that are featured on the map. So um for example, um Tom Franklin is going to read the work of Larry Brown. Oh my gosh, that is Isn't so that a cool? great pairing. Yes. And John T. Edge is going to read Faulkner. Um, Katie Simpson-Smith is reading Eudora Welty. Totally appropriate. I, I tried to match people up um, either geography or style or genre. Um, and a, a wonderful uh, pairing is Ebony Lumumba, the First Lady of Jackson, is going to read from Margaret Walker Alexander. Oh, Tracy, so, that is so cool. I, I'm very proud of this. And this is happening in room 204 in the Capitol all day long, starting at 930 in 30-minute increments. They'll probably read for about 20 minutes, so people ha- will have a chance to ask a question or kind of interact with the authors, too. So we're really excited about that. So this isn't necessarily a quiet room where I need to tiptoe in to take my seat to listen to the readings. There'll be an opportunity for me to maybe, uh, you know, interact with the with the author. Yeah, at either before or after their reading. Um, we've never done this before, so kind of working out how it's going to work. I'm hoping it will, everyone will keep to time, but I have a feeling that in the in the heat of the moment, reading a wonderful passage, you know, some people might go over. We'll have to adjust. But, yes, there will definitely be a, a chance to see these great authors um, do uh, reading someone else's work, which I think is just a fun twist of its promotion, but not necessarily self-promotion. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Well, I'm sure the writers really like that, too. Now, are you allowing the writers to choose the passage to read? Well, some of them, yes. Some of them really wanted to. Um, when I made the ask of each author and I said, would you read something from whoever? I said, you know, if you have something you love, let me know. But if you want a suggestion, I'm happy to think of something. So That's the librarian in you. Well, you know, you have to always go back to that. So, uh, you know, I have... I. Ha- all of the authors that are on the map, we have all of their works at the Library Commission. So it was very easy to just go to the shelf, pluck something off, find a good passage, and uh, send it off to an author. So there's a handful of people who are choosing their own, including Taylor Kitchings, who is reading Barry Hanna. And a fun fact is that Taylor Kitchings is his nephew. So I figured he was you know, allowed to choose his own, his own selection of his uncle's work. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. <laughs> Well, that's great. So we've got the um, the Mississippi Marathon read. It's happening starting at 9 a.m. 9.30. 9.30 a.m. So uh, all through the day. So as you're going from one panel to the next and visiting booksellers, you can always pop in. And, and it's in that nice air conditioning in the Capitol. So that outside world is is so hot. <laughs> and so if you need just to sit down for a minute and maybe you couldn't get into a panel, you wanted to stop on by, have a seat, listen to 
great, great literature read aloud. That's right. That's right. Now, still lots of great things happening on the grounds, live music, wonderful food, um, interaction with different nonprofits, and again, booksellers on the lawn. So that's really exciting. Um, But, uh, you know, I got to get back to one of the projects that I am most excited about literally in this entire 2017 bicentennial year is the debut of the Mississippi Literary Map. The, the the new Mississippi literary map. Yeah. Um, we have had three other literary maps in that I can find anyway. The first one was in the early 50s. There was a version in the uh, early 70s. There was one in the 90s. And it was just time to redo it. Um, so a bicentennial grant uh, through the uh, Humanities Council and MDA, is that correct? Um uh, the Library Commission received this grant to update the map, and um, I just have to tell you, it's beautiful. Uh, there are 21 portraits of Mississippi authors and 11 additional author names that are on the map. Um, so 33 authors um, in total are represented. There was a uh, committee that chose these authors, and they're really the authors that I sort of uh, alluded to this earlier, that uh, long-standing, we have classics, there are emerging writers, but really authors that have transcended um, the world of their, their award winners. And uh, if people in English departments are studying them, those are kind of the criteria to get your portrait on the map. So there are, um, you know, the classics, of course, Welty, uh, Faulkner, Richard Wright, but there's also new faces um, like Anne Moody, who is from Centerville, and her uh, her memoir, coming uh, coming of age in Mississippi, is absolutely phenomenal. And reading it in the context of when it was published is just it just knocks your shoes off. I don't know if that's an expression, but it is right now. Um, so Jasmine Ward is on the map. So she, you know, she's new and um, upcoming, but also has uh, really set the literary world on fire. So yeah, we're very pleased about this. And not only is it fun enough and wonderful enough to create a new map, um, the portraits, by the way, were done by Ginger Williams Cook, and the design work by Jackie Lossett. But even more wonderful is the fact that the, uh, the festival itself, the book festival, will be the opening will be the Librarian of Congress, Dr. Carla Hayden, will be unveiling the map um, to open the festival. Oh, wow. So this is really kind of the the bringing in yes, of the day. This, this is the ringing the, in of the day. Yeah, this is when we decided to uh, update the map. This was not exactly the plan, but I'm thrilled <laughs> that uh, f- so for librarians, the Librarian of Congress is like the queen. This is. Uh, royalty. This is royalty. This is not just like, oh, she's a nice librarian lady. No, no, no. This is like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. Uh, so she will uh, unveil the map. Um, and it will also be on C-SPAN, This the unveiling. Uh, so if National exposure. National exposure. Everyone's going to want one of these Mississippi they literary are, maps. And they will be able to get one um, in the rotunda. The Library Commission will have a an exhibit in the rotunda of the Capitol, and uh, folks can pick up a map there. That is excellent. That is excellent. Now, just a little bit of backstory. I mean, Tracy, you've got a, a million projects happening day to day. The Mississippi Library Commission is sort of the umbrella organization for all of the libraries around the state of Mississippi. But why was it important to you to to 
undertake this big project when you already have a million uh, wonderful things going on? Well, first of all, this is fun. You know, um, so everyone has uh, projects that they um, they have to do and they enjoy doing. But then there's that project that you've been wanting to do for years and years. And this is really the project that I've been wanting to do. Um, the uh, The last map... I don't want to say anything bad about the last map, but the the latest version of that, um, instead of commissioning new portraits, there were some photographs just stuck on it. So it was kind of this weird mishmash of some portraits and some photos, and it was kind of a mess. <laughs> so sorry to any of you who love that poster, but um, there's a new one, and it's uh, consistent and, and pretty. But um, And if we can't make it to the Mississippi Book Festival to get our hands on that first round of maps, where can we find them? Well, you can download um, a, an 8.5 by 11 version of it that is slightly different than the big map, just because we want to be able to see everything. You can download that at msliterarymap.com, but there won't be anything there until 930 on Saturday, which is when the... Uh, the, the map will have been unveiled. Um, I have programmed the website to pop it up there at that time. So um, uh, let's see. Where else could you get one? Um, they will be available eventually at public libraries, but not necessarily on Saturday. Right. But um, but yeah, they'll they'll be around. Well, that is wonderful. We really appreciate this great work. Now, we just have a few minutes before we need to take a break. But Tracy, before I, I let you go today, I do want to talk a little bit about another fun project, and that's the Mississippi Bicentennial Bingo. Yeah, um, this was a really super fun project. This year has been full of full of fun projects. Um, the Bicentennial Bingo Card is uh, just a way to celebrate all things Mississippi. You can go to uh, our website, msbingo200.com, and there you'll see a bingo card that you can um, use as a guide to get to know the state a little better. You can um, do things like visit a museum, um, eat a tamale, um uh, visit the coast. And on the website, if you click on any of these squares, you'll be uh, given more information. So, um, for instance, on if you click on visit an Indian mound, you'll be sent to the website of the Indian mound trail. So you get more information about that. So all of these things um, on the web version will give you more information. There's a couple, too, that are interactive where uh, you can, let's see, imagine Mississippi 200 years from now. That's a partnership with the Mississippi Museum of Art, and it's one of their projects. So you can, this links to that website where you can uh, imagine the future of Mississippi, what it will look like in 200 years. Um, You can also share your Mississippi stories because you know people have some stories around here. There's a lot of of storytelling in the state. and there's one other one about, oh, tell us about your Mississippiversary, when you got here. If you were born here, if you moved here, or if you moved away, you can, you know, tell us all the all the scoop. Well, I love that. I did get on the website this morning and really learned a lot myself. So it's just wonderful research that's been compiled for each of these bingo squares and, you know, a great way uh, to get to know the state. And I would imagine a lot of people, whether you're just a parent looking for things um, to do with your kids or maybe you homeschool, maybe you're an educator. This is a great, fun, interactive way to get people uh, engaged in the Mississippi story and Mississippi history during our bicentennial. Yeah. And I learned a lot putting this together. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know this stuff before, before we built this whole thing. But, and, and just because it's a bicentennial project, this will live forever. This is, this is still a way to celebrate the state this year and 
for the next 200 years. That's right. Well, <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking with Tracy Carr. She's the Library Services Director for the Mississippi Library Commission. Tracy, thank you for all of the great work you're doing, uh, both with the Mississippi Literary Map, the Mississippi Bingo Card, and your many other projects. Have a wonderful book festival weekend. Oh, thank you. I hope to see you there. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. It's been a great day on air thus far, and we are feeling vibrant. We're feeling electrified by the good energy brought in by the Mississippi Book Festival. Yes, indeed. The Book Festival is so exciting. It's just been growing in numbers every year. This is set to be the biggest year ever, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. And, you know, uh, as you and I talk right now, um, at 1030 this morning at Galloway Methodist Church Sanctuary, 750 ninth graders from around the JPS school system are having an interactive hour with Angie Thomas, the award-winning writer of The Hate You Give. This is probably one of the most popular young adult um, novels out right now. So 750 ninth graders from JPS are um, sitting down with Angie Thomas right now. It's actually being filmed by PBS NewsHour for a special segment they're doing on Thomas, who I know I've said this on the show before, is a Jackson native. She is one of our own Mississippi writers. Um, And so I just think that is so exciting. It's one of those books that I think everyone should read, but especially young people. So the fact that uh, while the festival begins officially tomorrow, there are lots of cool activities going on today, particularly how these authors are interacting with young people. Uh, Many of the panelists and the writers that will be on the Capitol grounds tomorrow for the festival are going into schools all around the metro area today for interactive um, sessions with the students. Now, that is super, super great right there. I mean, you got to engage the students. But I tell you, just I know we're going to focus a lot on the book festival today. But if I may, I do want to switch gears and mention the Jackson R&B Festival is going on this Absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. One and, of the fun, fun music events that oh we have. Oh, my God. It's going to be live. Uh, I, I really think that they're going to hope they do a great job this year. And they've uh, they've done, you know, successful years. But they've got a great lineup. Uh, they've got Ludacris, Fantasia, Jasmine Sullivan, all the way to Eric Benet and Dreezy, but they've got a lot of local greats like Eddie Cotton and Jerika Singleton and, you know, Rita B., our friend and family, uh, all the way to AJC and Los Brown. So it's going to be really big this weekend. Well, and that's in downtown Jackson as well. So all of the folks who are out to patronize the book festival, it's very easy to intermingle with the Jackson Rhythm and Blues Festival events and, and all the good music happening there and vice versa. So, you know, come out and stay a while. That's what I've got to say. Yes. 
Well, uh, we're really pleased to have Richard Howarth on the line. He is the um, founder and owner of Square Books in Oxford to talk with us about a panel um, he's moderating tomorrow at the Mississippi Book Festival. Welcome, Richard. Good morning. Well, we are... We're really well and uh, glad to have you on the line today. Uh, a busy weekend for you, I'm sure, and uh, looking forward to your panel on Saturday, Larry Brown, The South and the Modern Novel. That, that's it. I'm, as soon as we get through with this conversation, I'm going to get in my car and head head down your way. Now, uh, Richard, you are the owner of Square Books. You've been uh, really a titan in, in, in words and, and literary and, and author support in Mississippi. Uh, but for our listeners who aren't aware, who was Larry Brown? Well, Larry Brown was, uh, he was a writer. He, he, he died in 2004 at the age of 53. Um, and he was from Lafayette County here here. Uh, in this this area, and um, graduated from Lafayette High School. He went in the Marines for two years. Uh, he didn't go to college. He joined the Oxford Fire Department right after he got out of out of the Marines, and um, and he was a big reader. And over time, he like a lot of firemen. You know, how firemen always have part time jobs. And Larry at one point thought, well, I can I can make money writing books. <laughs> Easier said than done. Right. But but after a lot of uh of of toil and uh and, and rejection, uh he, he finally did. His his first book was uh, a book of short stories called Facing the Music Public published in nineteen eighty eight and then after that he uh, uh year pretty much year after year he published novels and stories. He wrote two non fiction uh books and gained a uh, wide readership, not just in Mississippi, but across the across the country, and indeed, many of his books were were published uh, in Europe and Australia and other places. And um, he was he really uh, got the people of this area and and also the natural environment. And his people loved reading his books for the for the uh, sort of the genuine sense. Of, of both the people in the place from this area, and just just a wonderful writer. And uh, so these three writers who are going to be on the panel um, are going to talk about Larry, but I'm going to also encourage them to talk about their own work some because they're they're quite accomplished themselves. Right, and and those three writers joining you on tomorrow's panel, it's a one thirty p.m. panel, are Ron Rash, Mark Richard, and Michael Ferris-Smith. So um, I, I wanted to ask, Richard, uh, did you bring these writers together? Was this a hand-picked selection of, of those you feel like have been influenced by Larry the most? Um, no, this this um, <clears throat> this panel was actually Johnny Evans' idea he, at Lemuria. He's the one that wrote me into being the mom. Moderator, <laughs> and they told me that um, Ron Rash and Michael Fair Smith would be on this panel, which which is wonderful. They're both uh, they're both uh, excellent writers and know a lot about Larry Brown's work, and and um, it's going to be interesting to hear. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about the about him, and also to talk about their work, and then. Uh, Mark is actually pronounces his last name Richard. His his people uh, come from Louisiana, and it's and that's that's the way you say it. He's um, he's written uh, one novel and two collections of short stories. His first book uh, won the Penn Hemingway Award, which is for an author's uh, first book, an award for an author's 
the best book in the country. And um, uh, he wrote a memoir called House of Prayer Number Two, which is which is a, a, a book that I just love, and it's essentially about faith. Um, and he's been in Los Angeles for about the last 15 years and uh, writes and produces film and TV, uh, probably most notably the series Hell on Wheels. Well, Richard, what is the uh, nexus and connection between yourself and Larry Brown? Is there any personal connection? Uh, definitely. He was, he was, he, we were very close friends. Um, even though we both grew up in this area, we didn't really know each other until I knew his mother long before I actually knew, knew Larry. And he, even though we're the same age, I went to Oxford High School, he went to Lafayette High School, which around here is sort of like the difference between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And, and, um, but when I'd opened the bookstore, he, he, he was a frequent customer and we talked about books and it was it was clear to me at some point that he was interested in being a writer and was writing probably writing and and uh and you know we talked about that o- over the years and and at one point he was he was low he was he couldn't get anything any of his stories accepted by magazines or anything and he asked me to read some of his work and uh and to tell him what he was doing wrong and i said larry i don't you know this is not my line of work but i'll be happy to uh, see what you have and he came over to my house on a sunday afternoon and the first story i read was a story called facing the music and i was about he sat down right across the table from me and i started reading it and after about five pages um I just looked up at him and I said, "You're not doing anything wrong." So what this story, uh, I finished reading it and I said, "This story's going to be published by somebody someday because it was it was just that good." And that mm. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, now, Richard, we uh, we're um, as we as we leave out on on today's interview. Um, the, the, again, the title of the panel is Larry Brown, the South, and the Modern Novel. So, so what is that connection between Larry Brown and the Modern Novel? Well. Actually, what I what I'd ask them if they would, I was trying to get them to avoid the word Southern writer because, in the so often in the critical media, uh, that phrase gets tossed around and it's almost as if it's a subspecies of American literature. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what I thought the title was going to be is Larry Brown, the South, and the American Novel, but this, it doesn't really matter. Most most panels that I've dealt with. Uh, you just kind of come up with an amorphous title and let the let the panelists take take the conversation where they want to want it to go. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, mm-hmm. we know it's going to be a great conversation. So again, that's uh, the panel is tomorrow at one thirty p.m. in the State Capitol Room one one three. That's of course in downtown Jackson. Uh, Richard, thank you for being on on air with us today. Well, well, thank you, and let me say uh, appreciate what y'all do at MPB, and I appreciate what all the people who have work so hard to put this fest- festival together it's just a great festival and i and i hate that it's going on at the same time as the music festival because i would i would like that too <laughs> well we we'll make sure you get you get a little taste of everything while you're here there this you weekend go. 
So uh, thank you again to Richard Howarth for being with us today. Uh, he is right. It's an incredible weekend of panels, lectures, conversations happening all throughout the state capitol. We need to take a quick break. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to talk with author and chef Martha Foose. This is Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. And if you're just joining us, we had Richard Howarth on before the break talking about um, his panel all about Larry Brown at this weekend's Mississippi Book Festival in downtown Jackson at the Mississippi State Capitol. So we're having lots of fun rolling right along and uh, happy to be joined by the gifted chef and yes. great Mississippi storyteller, Martha Foose. Welcome to the show. I'm tickled y'all called me up. <laughs> Great to have you. Great to have you. Glad you're on the line. Uh, Martha, you've, you're on a panel this year. You've participated in the book festival many years, but um, it's called More Than Just a Cookbook. And I just love that title. Tell our listeners uh, what you guys are, what this is all about. Well, it's going to be a wonderful panel. Uh, our great uh, Mississippi commentator and cook, uh, Robert St. John, is going to be the moderator. And, you know, people really um, get emotionally attached to cookbooks. I know I have some that um, I turn to again and again. So often, uh, wherever there's good food, there's generally some good storytelling going on. So um, we're going to have my good friend and uh, funny lady who can bake cakes like nobody's business, Jill O'Connor, is coming all the way from San Diego to um, share her book, Cake, I Love You, and a real renaissance man, Matt Moore, and his um, book all about America's best smoked butts um, is coming, and he is a (laughs) pilot, he has a perfume company, he's a songwriter, he's just a fascinating guy, and then of course, from up in the hill country, uh, John Curran. Wow. Well, Martha, I'd love to know, uh, because there's very few really gifted chefs in the world who are just blessed with the ability to do what you do. But, I mean, even more of a finite number who transcend to being an author and putting out successful cookbooks. What made you make that transition and go for it and, you know, to have all these books out? Um, It's kind of a uh, end up right where you started type of story. I really fell in love with cookbooks when I was uh, working at Square Books for Richard Howard, who was just on the program. Nice. And um, I always loved reading cookbooks. And so that was kind of my long route to ending up back reading cookbooks. 
Now, Martha, you're going to be talking, uh, I think, particularly about My Tooth Souths, a, a cookbook that you've most recently published um, alongside Ava Gomez. So can you tell us a little bit about that uh, special project? Great. Um, Asha Gomez. Thank you. Is, she's from um, Kerala, which is the most southern state in India, and she has been living in Atlanta for the last decade or so. And she really saw a lot of uh, synergy between the cooking of that southern state and the cooking in her southern state. So it's a wonderful blend of um, spices with some more dishes that are more familiar to southerners. So things like a green cardamom shrimp etouffee or a good buttermilk biscuit that's just loaded with telecherry black peppercorns. And uh, I really like this part of what I do is collaborating with people and helping them tell their story. Martha, um, I'm interested to know, what is your favorite recipe? And I don't mean to cook for other people. When you're at home alone and nothing else to do and it's your guilty pleasure, what do you make for yourself? Oh, my stars. That's a tough question. (laughs) Um, I'm prone to cobbler. Mm. I'm kind of a cobbler head, but I think that might just be because it's summer. Now, if you ask me in the dead of winter, it might be uh, chicken and dumplings. Mm -hmm. Or if it's in the spring, a nice uh, fresh pea salad. Or um, in the summertime, I love to make watermelon salsa. So it kind of varies with the seasons. Yeah. Well, um, Martha, this panel is sure to be lively and very entertaining and fun. You've got a lot of big personalities um, up there uh, talking about food, which, you know, we all love to share. And mm-hmm. so um, th- this you're going to be talking about people's stories, about their families, about their friends and how food brings them all together. Um, but you do have another element or another appearance this weekend, and, and that's tonight at Gallery 119 in downtown Jackson. Uh, tell our listeners about what they can find tonight. Uh, tonight's going to be a fun party. We're going to have the talented and sort of the godfather of Mississippi folk life um, studies. Bill Ferris is going to be exhibiting his um, his photographs, and there'll be a lot of uh, you know general hijinks. <laughs> I feel sure, and uh, we'll be talking again. It's about um, that connection, and food really brings you back to the the soil in Mississippi, and and so I think there's, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about all of the blues songs that are about, uh, have food in them, you know, Come On In My Kitchen and Hot Tamales and the Red Hots and, and all of those great songs and see how the sort of synergy between food and music uh, comes together. Well, now, Martha, I know you're going to be here um, all weekend. You're, of course, on the panel tomorrow at 4 p.m. in um, the Fellowship Center at Galloway. Uh, tonight, you're going to be at Gallery 119 with for this great event with Bill Ferris's photography. Uh, but while you're here in Jackson for the Mississippi Book Festival, is there a particular panel you're looking forward to attending? Oh, I sure am looking forward to um, the always hilarious Julia Reed. Um, her panel, and then also um, I'm looking forward to uh, John Currence's other panel that he'll be on with um, a PBS uh, personality. Um, his name is <laughs> Vivian Howard. Yes, that's Vivian right. Howard, yes, Vivian's name would not come into my head um, with Vivian, and I think she's just so fascinating, and I'm such a fan 
of her program and her book. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And there's so many panels. You know, there's great panels for teens and young adults. Um, if you're a historical preservation buff, I'm sure there'll be lively uh, discussions on those topics this weekend. And um, there are so many vendors with uh, every type of independent publisher you can think of and artworks. And um, it's such a great time to be downtown. It's just going to be hopping this weekend. And also, um, I think it's going to be uh, great that so many of the events are going to be under air conditioning. So although <laughs> 4 o'clock in the afternoon in August seems insufferable, uh, I'm sure we will all be totally chill um, at all these panels. So don't let the heat scare anybody off. That's right. right. That's that's very exactly. solid advice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I mean, I know you're super busy, but what's next on the horizon for you? Um, I've got an exciting project coming out with uh, Chronicle Books in San Francisco that I'm doing with a, a good pal of mine. And so that'll be coming out. It's going to be a long process. The book has a lot of moving parts, physical, actual moving parts to the book. Um it's going to have a lot of really crazy, great design features, and that will be coming out in the spring of 2019. So um, it's going to be a long road, but I think it's going to be a fun one. Well, that's great. Well, Martha, we appreciate you joining us on air today. We look forward to um, your conversations this weekend here in Jackson as part of the Mississippi Book Festival. So uh, safe travels today as you uh, head to the capital city. All right. I'll see you tonight. So um, yesterday in Mississippi's Clarion Ledger, there was a wonderful um, insert uh, that offers you a guide to the Mississippi Book Festival. So uh, festival goers are encouraged to uh, study and explore um, the panels and really create your own sort of little map Map. for how Mm -hmm. you want to, uh, you know, take in your day. Because really a plan is best in this sort of situation because there are uh, about five or six congruent panels at the same time. So, so much to take in. Uh, It's time for us to take a break, but if there's something happening in your community that you'd like to share with us, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING and we'll be right back. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Come back to the here and now. I know it feels good to be high on your cloud. Next Stop Mississippi, I'm Mary Margaret Miller, and you are listening to the music of Devin Gilfillian. Oh, that is funky. Isn't that nice? Nice. Now, this is a, 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 
a single called Here and Now. It's off his self-titled debut album. Um, uh, really uh, happy to welcome to the show Devin Gilfillian. Uh, I believe he's calling in from the road. So, Devin, good to have you on the show. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, as we understand, you are uh, descending uh, into Mississippi today from <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee, where you've got uh, several shows lined up for the weekend, and we're glad to have you here. I've got to ask, is this your first uh, trip to the state? This is actually my it's my second trip. Um, I, I, I was lucky. I got to play a show down at um, in Oxford, at Proud Larry's with this guy, Mark Sibilia, who's awesome. Um, but, yeah, this will be my second trip Second trip down to Mississippi. We're playing at P- Proud Larry's tonight around 9, um, and then we're going down to Jackson tomorrow. That's right. So Devin yeah. and, and his band are, are here as part of the Willie Morris After Party. This is uh, really the culmination of the day for the Mississippi Book Festival. A lot of great live music, of course, uh, readings and um, conversations. The wonderful Jim Dees will be there hosting it all. But you are the featured musician and um, originally from uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, but spending your time in Nashville these days. Yeah, I moved moved down to Nashville about four years ago. I, I, I got my degree in psychology up in Pennsylvania at Westchester University and I was like man I don't want to I don't really want to be a therapist or a counselor so I I decided that I wanted to play music so I just hopped in the car and moved down to Nashville and been here ever since and, and it's uh it's been amazing well, man, I got to tell you, Devin, that is some funky music. I mean, I am a new fan. I am a big music lover, and that is something special right there. Uh, what is the muse that Thank got you, you started, and, and you know what happened in that moment when you decided, I'm going to defect from this life that I was going toward, and I'm going down this road? Well, I, I definitely I knew that music was my path from very early on. I, I think I remember... When I was in sixth grade, we had to do this project uh, where you pick out a career that you want to do and you research it and figure out how much you get paid. And I, I remember researching um, a music producer and looking up at looking at the income level and it was like forty thousand dollars or something like that. Like, what the <laughs> right, millions of dollars. Looking <laughs> Pharrell, you know. And so I mean. So I, I I always knew I wanted to play music, and I think, you know, growing up in in modern society, you in in the town that I grew up in, a little town outside of Philly, music was not really a, looked at as a a, a a career choice. So of course, naturally, I went to school for psychology, and you know, playing little three-hour acoustic sets and stuff at bars when I was in college, and I, and I knew that music was my path. Um, it just wasn't until after uh, paying, you know, $40,000 that I figured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that happens to so many of us. So many. <laughs> Now, Devin, you're getting a lot of great press right now. You're recently featured on NPR's World Cafe, and you know people are really talking about uh, about this new album and about your music. And you know, a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, he's got this Al Green style. You hear Otis Redding, but mm-hmm. are there certain influences that you call on that you recognize in your own music now? Oh, for sure. I mean, definitely. You know, when they, when they when they hear Otis, they hear Al Green. You know, those are definitely there. My my guitar 
hero and from the beginning was Jimi Hendrix and yeah. you know he he threw me down he threw me down the classic rock hallway you know the Almond Brothers and Zeppelin and and even Leonard Skinner and um so and so that was one one little you know ingredient and then my dad was huge in the Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder and 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 Motown and that was another ingredient and then then I kind of really got heavy into the staple singers and and uh and like old old gospel and and I also played with with a Delta Blues cover band for a little bit so I was getting into like Muddy Waters and Elmore James and and uh and and Howlin Wolf and and so I I I mean I love like those are probably like the core ingredients that that kind of make up what what I want to pour into my music, but I, you know, I also, you know, want to take all of those things and and and, and put modern ingredients on top of that as well. Um, so that's that's the that's the next the next move is seeing how to take all of those old old influences and and do something new with it. <laughs> Devin, I know a lot of the listeners, you know, they hear this great music, they, you know, they they see the premieres and the rise of the stars and hear your stories, but tell our listeners what it's like, you know, behind the scenes, what is the music industry like and getting into it? The music industry is, it's, it's, I would say, you know, from, from the Nashville perspective, um, is a very, it's a very small town. Um, you're always, which is, which is good. It can, you know, obviously it could be bad if you're not a good person, but if you're a good person, it's, it's a great thing. And, and, um, you're always playing in front of somebody uh, whenever you're playing out, there could be five people in the room, you know, if you're playing at the, at the basement in Nashville and four out of five of them could be music execs and, and, you know, Maybe they work at a, a booking agency or something like that. So I'll, I'll say, you know, in this town, it's it's uh, it's really it's great because you're you're always playing in front of of people that could change your life, um, and it's it's also really easy <clears throat> to find people who it, it's it's all about. I would say in Nashville, it's all about inspiring people. You know, you get on stage and it's like, how can I inspire? You know these these people that are in this room and a lot of you know a lot of them are musicians so it's like you're playing in front of a bunch of people with their arms crossed just staring at you (laughs) and you're like all right how do i how do i like how do i convince these people you know how do i you know trick trick them with with this this gift or talent that i that i think i have um so it's it's it and, and a lot of times it, it, that's what brings you up to that standard, and there's just so much talent in this in this town. So, um, the music industry in Nashville is, is it's very it's exploding right now for sure. And 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 it, I would say it's you know not not just country, it's it's all genres are are are, are growing in this in this town, and and it's uh it's really cool to be to be here and see it. 
Well, I think you bring up a great point, which is, you know, in, in the life we live in a digital era, the live performance, that mm-hmm. um, performer to audience connection is still very real and yep. very important uh, to those of us who um, enjoy music or just enjoy experiences. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's also, you know, it, it, it kind of raises that standard nowadays because, you know, records aren't selling. You know that's not the thing. It's 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 about just the experience, the live music experience. And if you, as an artist, you know you you uh, if you can't bring that, then then you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed. If, if but if you if you can, then then you have a career. You know. Yeah. Well, Devin, we uh, we're about to uh, to take a break or to to wrap up the show. But as we do, we're gonna um, go out with your with your tune home. Can you give us a little bit of background on this song as we uh, wrap up today's show? Absolutely, absolutely. I I wrote this tune a couple years ago when, uh, after moving down to Nashville, and and uh, and a lot of people think it's, it's about like some, some romantic love that you you know you're getting you know you're away from and. But it's actually about my mom. <laughs> yeah, she would always call, and you know, she, she's up living, living in Philly, and, and she's like, "When are you coming home?" Yeah, <laughs> I made a plan, Devin, and all this stuff. So I, I, I decided I wanted to write write a tune for her. So oh that, man, that's excellent. Well, that's very sweet. Well, Devin, we appreciate you being on the show. Uh, Devin Gilfillian will be at Proud Larry's in Oxford tonight and tomorrow at Dueling Hall as part of Thacker Mountain Radio at 7.30 p.m. here in Jackson. Uh, we've had a great show today and want to thank all of our guests for joining us. I uh, want to thank Tracy Carr with the Mississippi Library Commission, Richard Howarth of Square Books Oxford, Chef Martha Foose, and, of course, Devin Gilfillian. Uh, for Kamel King, and uh, I'm Mary Margaret Miller asking you to stay tuned for some Southern Remedy for Women, which is up next. And uh, thank you to Michelle McAdoo, our great producer. We hope you'll join us next week for another road trip around Mississippi on Next Stop.